I've seen people that don't look like fitness models do amazing physical things because they had not only the capability, the strength or whatever, but the ability to translate that to a practical outcome. You're listening to the Fitness Industry Podcast, powered by Australian Fitness Network. For articles, resources, and inspiration to grow your fitness business and career, go to fitnessnetwork.com.au, where you can also find a huge range of online courses accredited for CECs and other professional development credits, with up to a massive 30% saving for members of Australian Fitness Network. And for face-to-face learning, network members also save on standard rates for Filex, the fitness industry convention. In this episode, Strength and Mobility Masters Ryan Hurst and Andy Fawcett shoot the breeze with the Fitness Industry Podcast's Alicia Smith about movement capability leading to ability, creating systems to prioritise goals, and the importance of practising skills without placing timeframes on ourselves. I have with me today two of my favorite new friends, Ryan Hurst and Andy Fawcett from GMB, Gold Medal Bodies. Thank you guys so much for joining me at the Fitness Industry Podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. So, okay, I've got to try to keep myself on track because I know that there are lots of different directions that we could take this. But for anyone that's been living under a rock and doesn't know what GMB is, give us like, tell us about it. Who's GMB? What do you guys do? And why, why should people care? Sure. Well, GMB, basically, Ryan and I, along with one other partner, we started this. And I think we might, you know, maybe touch on background a little bit briefly later. But without getting too much into us, we started this about eight years ago, really trying to get to a lot of the aspects of fitness that seem to be left out by most of the workout systems and most of the things that we traditionally saw happening. There's a lot of ways to get strong, a lot of ways to build more endurance, and these things are easy to see and measure, so they get they show up in a lot of workouts commercially, but there's not a lot of stuff out there about getting better at doing stuff, about building skills. So we decided that we wanted to teach people how to move better, how to learn how to use their bodies better for different activities and sports, and that's really kind of the genesis of things, and we started putting programs online about eight years ago, and... We've kept growing and refining and listening to our clients and improving since then. Super cool. So how many people have been through a GMB program of some sort since inception? People who have purchased our premium programs, probably around 45,000. But many millions of people have seen our YouTube videos. We've probably had a couple hundred thousand use our free courses. That's incredible. And that's worldwide, right? Like you've got people everywhere. Yeah. Yes. And so for you, Ryan, like how did you get into this? I know that you had a competitive gymnastic background. How did you get from that to where you are now? Yeah. Long story short, after gymnastics, I ended up moving to Japan. I was there for martial art and competed in judo for many, many years. At that time, it was mainly how can I get better at judo? Then I got a major injury and it really got me thinking, okay, Rather than just trying to get good at judo, how can I really build a body that I can be able to use and continue to use? And at that time, I was involved with a different fitness organization. I ended up becoming a program director in that. And really, again, you know, thanks to that injury, it got me rethinking how I'm using my body and how I can create a body that's sustainable in the sense like looking at longevity. So not just right now, what can you crank out, but how can you move better, feel better, 
and do the stuff that you really want to do. And so at that time, Jarlo, our other business partner, you know, we were very, very close, one of my best friends. And I was actually teaching teaching a seminar. And during the break, I was moving around doing some stuff that was unrelated to that particular seminar. On the car ride back, Jarlo's like, you got to be teaching that. And in the car ride, we were like, yeah, let's start teaching it. And Andy and I had known each other for a while then. And three of us got together and we're like, hey, you know what? Let's start working on this. And that's kind of where GMB Fitness started. So in terms of that, it wasn't really like, you know, we want to create this enormous business and do all this jazz. We just wanted to share some of the stuff that we were doing. And lo and behold, it started growing. People started liking it. And we're like, hey, let's start thinking seriously about this. And... We still have a lot of fun and, and really that's, you know, if you know our programs and see what we do, it's based around that. That's but, super cool. How many trainers do you have now working for you guys in GMB? So as far as looking at just trainers, they're certified GMB trainers. We have about 75 trainers yeah. located all throughout the world. We are not a brick and mortar business. We're all online. Andy lives in Hawaii. I live in Japan. Jarlo's in Seattle. We have about 22 full-time staff members. They're located throughout the world. And our trainers, though, are also located throughout the world. So everywhere from, you know, South Africa to Indiana, <laughs> in the Even United States. here in Australia. Here in Australia, absolutely. Yeah. At the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah, or like the bottom of the world. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's a wonder you guys don't fall off, which I know <laughs> yeah. Yeah. nobody yeah. listening to this has ever heard that joke. I know, but never, yeah. never. Yeah. yeah, everything's upside down. Okay, so I'm really interested to know about the challenges of having – such a global team. You guys all live in different, you know, yeah. different parts of the world. What has that meant for your business and what are the <laughs> challenges you've had to overcome with that? Oh, do we have a couple hours for this podcast? <laughs> yeah, no. I think one of the things that's really important to to say about that is that now if you talk about like a distributed team or a remote company or something like that, that's a thing that there's a vocabulary for now. It exists. Mm-hmm. But when we started this in you know, 2010, and even before that, in 2009, we started working together a little bit to try to test things out some. At that point, there there wasn't really a word for that. There was not a community or there, there were no think pieces on Medium about the 14 tools you need to run your remote mm-hmm. team. So we just, by default, started it because we liked each other, had yeah. a lot of similar wavelength and wanted to do this, but we were living in different places. So we did everything by Gmail and Skype, and that's how we did it. And so... There's a lot of things that we've developed over time to you know, meet those challenges, and especially as the team has grown. But I think the main challenge to us has just been the team growing, and that's a challenge even if you're in the same room. The remote issue has been something that has just been with us since the beginning, and it's just been in the background. So we've, we've just kind of learned how to deal with time zones and distances and you know, currency conversions mm. and tax issues and stuff like that as part of the admin that's been necessary to making the business run. Mm-hmm. And what about, you know, from the perspective of there's both of you guys, there's Jarlo, how do you identify who's going to take on what role? Well, how in the beginning, work? we did everything. So we had to wear all the hats yeah. and it was difficult, you know. I mean, you work all the time yeah. and that's just what we had to do. It wasn't like now, which is actually pretty nice where – we can kind of put a label on what we're doing. You know, I teach. That's what I do. I program, do that stuff, and I teach. You know, Andy is the CEO of the company, and there's a lot involved with that. But whereas before, we were all like the CEO of sorts, where the three of us had to make decisions. I, 
scripted everything. I, I shot it, edited it myself, whatnot. You know, Andy did, had to do copy and create the website and Jarla would write and do everything. But now, though, we are able to have people help us to do that. We still involved. Again, no, this is one of the things where as owners of a company and also being involved in the company, it's tough to just step back and try and have people do things. And and I think we do a pretty good job with our staff and, and supporting them. And we talk about physical autonomy in terms of what we're teaching in the fitness side of things, but we also have that autonomy within the company and trying to make sure that, you know, strange for me to say employees, but our employees understand that autonomy and they know exactly what they need to do in order to help build a company. So it's not just us talking from the top down, telling them what to do. We're working with them, getting feedback, and trying to help them to be better at their job. Yeah. When we started, we all did a lot of stuff. But I think a little bit of division of labor sort of naturally emerges or, you know, things won't work. You know, right. It just won't work. Right. And then over time, we, we developed certain strengths. You know, we learned how to do all of this stuff from scratch. In 2010, there was no... There was no easy way to, to put videos on the internet and charge people money to see them. That was a difficult and kind of expensive thing to do. So we had to develop ways to figure out how to do all this stuff. There was no easy way to, there was, you didn't have iPhones that had HD video. Ryan had to have, you know, a, a handheld device. Yeah. He had to set it on a tripod, film himself, check and see if it looked good, and then come back, then edit it. And, you know, all of the things were a lot harder than, but I think because of that, we had to separate and do them. We couldn't all just do video easily. Right. Video was the thing that Ryan specialized in because somebody had to. Right. And then over time, we found when we wanted to grow and when we needed to be able to do certain things better, we needed to find somebody who was able to edit video faster so Ryan could just take more video. And that's how we started learning to hire. I realized after I made a huge mistake in one of our product launches and got like 400 emails in 10 minutes one time, <laughs> oh I realized God. that I needed somebody to help us with client service, with customer service to answer those because I'm not a very nice person. But if if somebody spends a hundred dollars with you and is like, why isn't this working? And the answer is, you know, it's a zip file, double click it, jerk. You know, like that's not the way to do it. I, I wasn't quite that mean, but right, right. not really my strong point. So we had to hire people for all of those things that as we specialized, it opened up other gaps. And that's kind of how we've done it. And we've been really lucky that We've, we've built the team with people, like Ryan was saying, that really want to be part of it and want to have that autonomy instead of people that just want to clock in, clock out, follow yeah. an SOP. Yeah. So that's been something that we've really tried to focus on, for lack of a better term, the company culture, even though it's a bit cliched, to make people feel like they're part of something that's bigger than themselves and that they want to be there doing so that all of those little roles that might, might not fit into their neat definition of uh, division of labor they still get done because everyone really wants to be there and wants to be part of something that's succeeding and helping people. You mentioned before, Andy, that you kind of had to develop strengths over time and maybe that sort of naturally emerges and evolves. I'd love to know from each of you what the strengths are that you see in each in the other and also in Jarlo that you rely on to maybe overcome areas that aren't strengths for you. And I mean that more in the personal attributes rather than like, oh, you're really good at programming, you're really good at video. So what are the strengths that you identify in each other, maybe that, you know, kind of balance you out or, or kind of overcome an area that's not a strength for you? 
I think for both of us, Ryan and I both, one of the things is that we're not very good at managing details of other people's work. We're very, we're both kind of high level on that. So Jarlo's actually a much better manager of people than yes. either of us. Yes. And also probably a much has a lot better tact and uh, <laughs> Absolutely. way of communicating with people where also within the team, I'd be like, why the hell isn't this done? And Charlie's <laughs> like, all right, guys, we need to look at what's going on here and figure out a way to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Yeah, Jarlo is a lot more diplomatic, so people in the team also work really well with him. He's also very organized. Well, sort of, but yeah. in, in a different way. Yeah. And so that's really been helpful for us. I think, you know, Ryan's strengths are really just connecting with people on a more personal level and really getting them to see what GMB is about and believe in what we do and that it works. I mean, it's yeah. kind of boring, though. Like, It's boring. Yeah, it's it is. Boring. I mean, you know, <laughs> we don't have fun at all. You're boring. There's no fun. Well, it yeah. could be boring if... If, if I were teaching it most of the time. Right, right, right. But the way Ryan teaches it is a lot of fun because Ryan's got kind of a natural entertainer streak. Mm. And he a can send people at ease. And yeah. presenting in a mankini. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the beard, the beard really relaxes people. They can <laughs> see, you know, well, here's this cuddly teddy bear kind of right. guy. Yeah. And he's going to teach me how to be, you know, a badass. Yeah. yeah. Ninja. No, but that is true. And, you know... You know, coming back to Jarlo too, and we we have these strengths, and that's I think what makes GMB what it is. It's not about one person, where you might see that in other places. There's nothing wrong with that, of course, but we've been able to do the stuff that we're able to do because there are three of us, and now more, and working off of each other. You know, Andy, vision, the vision, and being able to look at something, and take that and see all the related possibilities rather than being like okay we're doing this and this is the only way we can do it where all you know jarlo and i we're so focused on doing our own thing that we actually don't see that and, and i so, have no focus whatsoever <laughs> <laughs> see something shiny that's going right yeah. yeah but that's what's great and so you know andy will be and i might throw an idea or jarlo throws an idea and andy will go okay great and he just takes it and it's able to see, all right, this is a possibility. And while this might be a possibility, it's not quite where we want to go. And he's able to construct something around that. So then when he conveys it back to us, we're just like, okay, cool. And it allows us to do our job more efficiently, which is great. And allows us to focus on being us, mm. I think, which is cool. And I think you're seeing a lot more of that right now in GMB is each of us being able to truly be us. But it's an expression of all of us together, which is really cool. And so then the flip side to that, what's been, you know, the biggest, maybe not the biggest challenge, but like has there been a time where you guys have maybe had to go head to head and you haven't agreed? All the time. How do you navigate that? What's an example of a time you've had to had to do that? Well, even a few years ago, the thing is, as you start to grow and you have people working with you, you, in the least, in my case, you may be wanting to communicate with that person in a different way mm -hmm. and having to step back and go, okay, it's probably not good that I get involved with this. And as you grow as a company, right? Cause we all have our own opinions about it, but I don't want to say sacrifice, but it's, it's beyond each of us individually mm -hmm. and us having to step back and say, okay, what is good for the company now rather than just what I want. And I think that's, and you know, coming back to your question, an example is that happens all the time. We're now we're at a, at a point where we're older in the sense that we have a little more experience in what it 
means to actually have a company mm-hmm. rather than just the three of us going, hey, let's try this and we can try this. Yeah. Whereas now we truly step, take a step back and say, all right, what is the best way to handle this? And who is the best person to address that? Yeah. Instead of it just being the three of us throwing our opinion into the mix and screwing up our staff because they're like, oh, well, who do I go? You know, and not believe, but, mm-hmm. you know, take my advice from. And so... We work together. My dad always comments that he's so proud of us that even though we've argued and stuff in the past, we still remain together. And no one sees our arguments except for the three of us. And we're pretty good at keeping that private. Why? Because it's private. And again, it's beyond us. It's not, you know, our own little piddly issues that we have. It doesn't matter. It, it's it's GMB and helping the other people out there. So you you both mentioned autonomy in yes. relation to your staff and and your company culture. Other than an ability to work autonomously, what do you look for when you're hiring someone? Okay, well, there's a lot of things, and I I think also just since you did mention autonomy, and Ryan was talking about autonomy in the way that we work on things. I think that it's important to distinguish that from freedom. Yes. Right? Because Ryan mentioned autonomy as a way to keep us working together on the same goal, right? But freedom is kind of like this vast potential space with no direction. You could be floating in any direction, right? And with 23 people with complete freedom, you'll find that it's like brownie in motion. Nothing really gets done, done. right? Right. But autonomy means that we've chosen a direction together and we can all kind of like row in that same direction. We can all kind of keep things moving together together we have some limits on that and limits are what gives you creativity, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So that's really one of the big things that we try to do is give people that feeling that they have that autonomy. But so to complement that and to get to your question, one of the things that really makes that possible is the limits Mm -hmm. and the boundaries and, and the feeling that we do have a shared goal. So when we're looking at people, we look for not so much the skills that they have or the experience, even though in some roles that's very important, but we're really looking for them, for people that we feel like can share the vision of where we're going, can really believe in that direction, and most important, the ability to learn how to guide themselves in roughly that direction along with the rest of the team. Learning is one of our, our really our main values, and the ability to, to know what you don't know find out how to find out about it, mm-hmm. and then learn it and apply that is something that is has been really huge for us. Again, since we are not in the same room together, I can't see necessarily what someone might be struggling with on the team unless they say it, mm-hmm. right? So we rely on everyone in our company to be able to sort of self-coach and, and be autodidactic about these things and learn what they need to research and what they need to study so that they can become better at their jobs and start moving things in that direction. Oh, that's so amazing. That's so cool because it means that you're like a deliberately developmental organization and every person has to take responsibility Absolutely. for their Absolutely, because we're, we're, not, we're, not, a, yeah, we're yeah. not a fitness company. Yeah. We're an education company. And what we're trying to do is educate people and help them rather than fitness just spewing out one mm-hmm. thing, which is not bad, of course, but mm-hmm. this is our thing. Yeah. Along the lines also when we're looking at if you want to be a GMB trainer – to me, it's, it's not just those skills. I can teach skills to anyone. You can't really teach character. Mm-hmm. And so that's really what we're after, is what kind of person are we bringing to the team already and being open to these different things. And again, like I mentioned before, it's, it's not from the top down saying, okay, this is what you're going to do right now. Go do it. No. It's here's what we want to go and work towards. How can we get there? Or how can you help us to get there? Yeah. The way that you work. And that's tough. 
that's also why, for example, you know, Andy mentioned Jarla so good at managing people. You know, if Andy and I were to be like, why isn't this done or something like that, that's not <laughs> helping at all. Okay. It doesn't so, mean that we don't still do that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like when you walk into the room, Andy, that there must be like Darth Vader's music playing or something. That's another reason, another reason we yourself. don't work in the same room very often. <laughs> so I often, I often joke with, you know, Jarlo and Ryan that if we, if we were a company that worked together in an office, I would probably have to have like... Just an automatic yeah. chair delivery from Amazon Prime every day because I'd be throwing them through windows oh constantly. My God. I'm not really usually a very stress out person, but being together and when stress happens, I probably would handle it poorly. Okay, and I, that's I recognize cool. that about yeah, myself. Yeah, recognize that. That's cool. And that's very cool. The cool thing about us too is, is and we mentioned that we probably wouldn't continue to have GMB if yeah. we were together from the beginning. Yeah, right. It works yeah. well because we are apart. Yeah. So we get together, we figure out what we need to do. And then we break and we do the thing and then we come back. Yeah. Because I'm the same way. If, if someone were breathing down my neck while I was trying to program something, I would choke them out, you know, and that would not be good for the company. No, so, yeah. It's, yeah. It's hard to do work if you're being choked out. Yeah. For sure. yeah. Okay. So I'm interested to know a little bit about how, because Ryan, you and I were talking about this before, the idea that you can't just do work that that is about the money. You can't just do, yeah. you can't just make decisions based on that. I mean, you can. You can. You can. Absolutely. Yeah, you can. Yeah. yeah. For a while. But how do you decide what what area you're going to go after? How do you decide sure. what courses to put out, what products to put sure. out? Sure. Well, first off, I, I will say, you know, what we were talking about earlier, you do need money. Mm-hmm. Everyone, we, you got to have money, okay? The thing is, is we didn't necessarily decide to do GMB simply because we wanted money. Mm-hmm. And again, it was kind of like this little project we did in the beginning. We realized, oh my goodness, we have the opportunity to create something that could help other people as well as take care of our families. Mm-hmm. That was the main reason that we started GMB is we, Andy Jarlow and I wanted to be able to take care of our families. Now it's an extended family. And so where we have our staff. So now we want to take care of our staff and make sure they're good. But as far as, you know, where the direction is going, where can we go? Andy, maybe you can talk about your, your goals and how many goals you should have. Well, so I used to read this kind of productivity blog by a guy named Merlin Mann. And he had this, this riff that he used to always go on that if you think you have more than two arms, you're crazy. It's like goals. The same thing. If you have more than two goals at any time, it's like having a third arm. You just, you're not, it's not real. You're imagining it. You can have one goal. You can have two goals. You can't have three or more goals. And so we always have to limit things. So there's a lot of things that we could do, say, either for money or for some other thing. But there's only so many of them that we can do well at any point. And so since there are three of us, we, one, we keep each other in check on things and we make sure that any idea that comes out there is moving us towards all of our ultimate goals. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is we just don't want to deal with a lot of bullshit. Yeah. We don't want to have to, you know, in the beginning when we didn't have a lot of resources, we thought we had to partner with people that we didn't like very much sometimes. Mm-hmm. We just, we got to play the game sometimes. And we, we tried that a couple of times with people and the results were so-so and then we, we felt dirty yeah. and we didn't like dealing with those people. So we just decided, I mean, even in our first year after after like November of 2010, yeah, we were like, one year. we are never going to deal with people we don't like mm-hmm. to grow this business ever. I'm sorry you have to do this podcast. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> Well, luckily this isn't really to grow our business. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Yeah, so I mean, we've, we've always just known that 
that we have to like this, we have to mm -hmm. enjoy it, and you know, we're not going to keep doing it if we hate it. Yeah. So anything that doesn't align with our values, we even created like a formal internal tool for evaluating ideas that includes our values as well as the potential monetary or other impact it can create. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that tool? What's it's on it? it's really it? simple. We can do it in a spreadsheet and we basically just, we list all of our ideas down and mm -hmm. then we rank them based on, we call it the vice. It's uh, values, impact, confidence. Mm -hmm. And something else. I can't believe I can't remember the last one. I'm, I'm a little tired right now. I know, you get lagged. That's yeah. okay, we'll let you off the hook. But really, we're, we're ranking each of those things on a scale of like 1 to 10. How does this fit our values? Is this something that is going to take GMB the direction we want it to go? And is it something we're going to feel good about doing? Mm -hmm. Is it something that's going to have a big impact in terms of growing the company or creating revenue that we need or being able to get in front of the right people? Is it something that we're sure is going to work? Is it something that's a test? right? That we don't know it's going to work. And is it something that, oh, ease is the last one. How oh easy is it to do? Yeah. Is it something that's going to take a lot of technical challenge? Do we have to hire uh, new developers to help us build this thing? Mm -hmm. Or is it something that one of us can do in like an hour? If there's, say, something that aligns with our goals, we know it's going to better communicate what we do, we have a very high confidence level that it'll work, and we can slap it on our website in about 20 minutes, you better believe it's already been done, if we've thought of it, wow. right? So those are the things that score highly, and so then we can tell that this is a good idea. So when we have a bunch of ideas and we're trying to figure out what to do next, we try to rank them. Sometimes we do it less formally than that, sure. but sometimes we'll actually like make a chart and do this. And we can sort of see which of these things is the most important and the most valuable and impactful for us to do first, for us to put our resources into versus other things. And so something that we have to work really hard at that might have a low impact or we're not sure it's going to work, that's going to get bumped further down the list. And that helps keep us focused on the stuff that's going to work. That's and amazing. That, I'm stealing that. Yeah, you should. So you're going to steal that yeah. from my I'm very sure I stole <laughs> parts of that from other things before. It's like a whole bunch of different systems that we've seen in yeah. other places. And we just kind of combine them and put them in sort of a GMB way of, of looking at stuff. Yeah. And that's how we have everybody work in the company as well. And, and people in the company, they all know this. They see that. And then they can focus on their priority for that. But it's focusing on their priority while keeping everything else in mind mm -hmm. rather than just, you know, Tell having the blinders know. on and yeah. thinking that they're going to race towards whatever their goal is. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're constantly having to, you know, make sure that that's happening because sometimes, let's be honest, People do get tunnel vision. Yep. And we have to adjust yeah. after the fact. And we're always doing that. And so each quarter we get the entire staff together. We fly everyone into one place. Well, it was Las Vegas uh, last month. And we yep. brought everybody in from around the world and spent That's like... Horrible. It was horrible. terrible. We all <laughs> stayed in this mansion with like dolphin sculptures. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Do you need someone to carry your bags next yeah. time? Bring me along. <laughs> But yeah, and that was the I'll thing bring, too. I'll it's like fun. having fun, and that's what we're after. We yeah. get work done. We yeah, get work done. But you know, make sure that everybody has a say. Yeah, there's no rule that you can't have fun while you're working. Absolutely, right? and Thank it's just God. like it's just like mm -hmm. how we teach all the movements and stuff. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Oh my God, this was fun. No, it can't be fun. It's exercise. It's Come on now. Hard, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'd love to ask you a question, Ryan, and and to you, Andy, as well. But more on kind of the technical side of things, like uh -huh. the, the, the programming, the movement. Okay. Don't be afraid. It's okay. Can you hold my hand, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be all right, man. You know, the term movement, movement is maybe yes. going the direction of the term functional. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know if I maybe. can say what I really want to say here, but uh, go ahead. I yeah. would just love to get your perspective on how do you, if there was a term or a category for what it is 
the type of content that you're delivering people, the niche that you're in, the space that you're in, what would you term it and how would you kind of describe what that is? Wow, that's really tough. You know, movement is one of those terms that gets thrown around a lot. Movement professional, mover. Movement you know, coach. Movement coach. Our big joke is, is someone says, I'm a mover. And I'm always like, oh, cool. Can you move my sofa for me? You know? <laughs> like, the thing is, we're all movers. Yeah. And we all, we just happen to move in the way that we move. Mm-hmm. Slugs um, are movers. Slugs are movers. Right. Slugs Absolutely. move. Yeah. Don't forget that when you're patting yourself on the back for your movements. <laughs> That's right. Oh, gosh. So maybe think about, are you a capable mover mm-hmm. or not? And so capability. Mm-hmm. leading to ability. Mm-hmm. And so I think maybe that's a better way to look. I don't want to say better, but a different way to look at it. Mm-hmm. And because what are we after? We're after skill acquisition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not about doing more. It's about being better for what you want to do. So use GMB to be able to help you surf better, walk better, play with your kids for as long as you can. And I always say, I want to be able to play with my kids' kids That's what I use it for. And what is it going to be for you? So that are you capable of whatever it is you want to do? And all we're doing is giving you suggestions. We're giving you the tools to be able to assess exactly where you're at right now. And if you don't know where you're at right now, how are you going to know where you want to, you know, you might think you want to go here, but maybe that's not where you should be going, but, or you might get off track on the way. And so we're just trying to give you these tools to assess, to really figure out what's going on so that you can start moving more efficiently. And I don't even say moving, but you did though. You, you said progressing, yeah. progressing the, the word. progressing yeah. towards where you want to go. Right. So you yeah. mentioned skill acquisition <laughs> yeah. and that's obviously, you know, sits at the heart of, of what a lot of your content delivers. Why do you think people have more of an interest in skill acquisition now, now more than ever? I just, well, I think it's to be perfectly honest, social media. Mm-hmm. And you see so many people doing the handstands now. Anyway, but, you, know, it was, <laughs> you and, do them. Well, exactly. And the thing <laughs> is, is I spent so much time and there was a time where Andy was like, okay, we don't want to be known as the handstand company. Mm-hmm. Because it isn't about that skill. It's an, it, that's a stupid human trick. It's an example. Yeah. It's just an example. And what happens, unfortunately, is people might see me and say, oh, Ryan is the poster boy for GMB. Therefore, I must do handstands. No. Okay. But the thing is, is social media is, is great because now we're seeing more people get into that world. Mm-hmm. But the unfortunate thing that we see are just these stupid human tricks and people thinking that that's a skill. No, a skill could be pulling your baby out of the carriage or whatever you want to call it, the baby seat, and putting them somewhere else without hurting yourself. Yeah, skill really depends on what you're trying to do in life. Yeah. Uh, You know, Jarlo's favorite example is a plumber that uses our flexibility program to be able to reach in tight spaces to, you know, work with pipes and stuff that he had trouble with before. And think how important that is. That's his life and his job. I remember seeing my father lift an engine off the ground and put it into a car. Now, he, he was not superhuman. He used, like, levers and things, but he, in his mind, was able to engineer how to do this and use his physical strength, too, but use the mechanical tools that he had around him and figure out how to do this, put it in there, reach down and make things happen. And I've always been impressed by that. You know, I've seen, I've seen people that don't look like fitness models 
do amazing physical things because they had not only the capability, the strength or whatever, but the ability to translate that to a practical outcome. And that's what differentiates a casual gym goer from mm -hmm. an athlete, right. right? Is translating that capability into the ability to do the activity. And we all have activities. I, I stop short of saying we're all athletes because I think that really diminishes what athleticism mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. And I also think that it, it forces us to put unrealistic expectations on ourselves mm -hmm. to be competitive yeah. in our daily activities. I don't want to look at going to the grocery store as a competition against other people or myself. I actually have competitions just crossing the road. Like I have in a, my head, I, I compete with I have a competition else. on how much frozen food I can eat at one <laughs> But aside from that, most of my daily activities are not competitive. So I don't like to call that athletic, but that is an activity that I need to be good at doing. I need to be able to, mm. you know, walk across the street, you know, with balance and, you know, efficiency without tripping over one of the numerous potholes in Honolulu. Yeah. You know, things like that. It sounds kind of prosaic and silly, but that's also the stuff that we're all training for too outside of the sports. Nobody wants to be super jacked and then trip all over themselves and fall down and right. break their arm. Yeah. That's not anyone's goal either. So all of these things, it, it's not an either or. We have to explain the flip side sometimes to create context, but ideally we're trying to get where all of these things come together and you have strong capabilities, strong physical attributes, but you also have abilities that you've you've sort of directed them towards that allow you to do the things you want to do whether they're athletic or not in life so you have a framework called the triple a framework yes. can you tell me a bit about what that is absolutely and it's rolling yeah. longevity yeah. maybe yeah absolutely the first first and foremost is you need to have your goal what what are you why are you doing this mm -hmm. what do you want to do and why that's the big thing mm -hmm. and that can be very difficult and some people just simply say well you know what i want to feel better okay great all right. So what we do is in this AAA framework, we first thing we look at is we assess where you are. One thing that we like to use is our elements program. We have the bear monkey and frogger. And within that, we have the A-frame, we have the squat, and we have the floating tabletop. Now, within that, it's just a simple tool that we can use on a daily basis, if you want. Very quick. Use that. Figure out looking at your strength, flexibility, and your control, your motor control. Having an understanding of that exactly where you are right now. Then we address what's going on in there. You might need more work on your strength. You might need work on your flexibility or your control. Generally, it's a combination of two of those, sometimes even three. But really focus on that major goal. Within that particular position, what do you need to focus on the most and address? Once you do that, then we apply the necessary protocol in order to help you get where you want to go. We have a different protocol, the five P's of programming that we use. But using this AAA framework, you can actually do that for anything. And by having this framework of these three simple assessments, using that on a daily basis or, you know, weekly, whatnot, then you'll have this measuring stick of where you are going. So then you can come back and look at it later and say, oh, wow, okay, that's where I was, here I am now. And then once you maybe get to a certain point, then you can change the focus of what you're doing. So instead of that strength, now maybe you're working on control because you have a better feeling. You have the ease of movement now. And we don't look at things in terms of numbers and whatnot. We're all about feeling. Are you aware of what's going on in your body? Most people aren't. They're too busy rushing through their workouts and their life that they don't actually know what things should feel like. They don't realize they're doing something. So these assessments, this AAA framework is also bringing people back to that awareness and just having them get comfortable 
no judgment. This is where you are right now. There's nothing wrong with it. But most people don't know exactly where they are. They try and jump into these other movements. You know, I can do a push-up, no problem. Okay, great. But do you really own that movement? And it's, I don't even want to say own, because, you know, yeah, I crushed it. I owned it. No. You're only ever practicing no. it, right? Yeah, That's exactly. What Mike Fitch always says. Yeah, it's practice. It's, our, it's that skill acquisition. Mm. It's always, and every single day is different. And the thing is, you're doing that your entire life. You have your entire life to get better. And a lot of people think, oh, well, I can't do it as well as I used to do it when I was young. Really? It might actually be more beautiful now than it was before, even though you're not maybe doing as much weight. Mm. So it's that re- it's reframing the way you look at things. Using that AAA framework of assess, you address, then you apply what you need to do in order to help you towards your goal. So then, if for someone maybe that wants to start somewhere with GMB, what do you recommend? Like, what's where do they start? What's the program that they should look at of the product that you guys have? Well, first of all, rather than buying anything, I suggest going to our YouTube channel. So just type in GMB Fitness mm-hmm. and think about, well, first you're going to be bombarded with a gazillion videos. But think about what you would really like to work on. Let's say that... Like coming back to the strength, flexibility, and control. And let's just use flexibility as an example. Let's say that you have tight hip flexors, tight ankles, whatnot. Go in there and just type in GMB Fitness ankles, GMB Fitness shoulders, GMB Fitness hips. Huge article that we have. We've been busy over the past few years. Yeah, we do a little bit of work. You guys have a lot of content. A lot of your articles. Watch a lot of your videos. Yes, cool. Tons on that side. Yeah. But I suggest just going there and checking it out. Mm. And here's the most important thing. Does this fit with you? That's what we want. And we don't want you to just come in here and just buy our stuff and then realize, oh, you know what? That's really not me. Cool. Find something that works for you. But chances are that we've hit a lot of the things that people need in order to help them with their strength, flexibility, and control in terms of that physical autonomy mm-hmm. and being more aware of what's going on in the body. So I see, you know, YouTube, Instagram, whatever, just go to yep. the Google and type in mm-hmm. GMB Fitness, and there's probably something that's going to come in that might interest you. And what do you think about the psychological slash emotional component of the skill acquisition journey? Because I think... You know, there's a lot of people are maybe a little bit bitter or a bit, you know, they've had their time thrashing themselves in the gym and and there's something about that journey to getting a better body or that journey towards whether it's a handstand mm-hmm. or just better ankle range, whatever it might be. There's something psychological slash emotional about that. Why do you think that's important to people and how does, you know, a two, three, four, five-year journey to incredible skill acquisition change someone's life in other areas. There's a lot to unpack in that. And it's, it's really interesting. I mean, if you talk about psychology, I mean, we could go all day on some of this stuff. I mean, one of the really interesting things is we all, we all, all of us, it's called the narrative fallacy. We all see ourselves as a central character in a story about our own lives. Mm-hmm. Taken to its extreme, it can border on solipsism. And we think that nothing exists outside of our brains. And that's not true. Well, we can't prove it's untrue, but we also, we have to assume it's not true to exist in the world. But, so we we like to think that we are in this story arc. And there's this thing called the hero's journey. We always feel like we're at the start of that story. We we usually always feel like we're at the start. And we like to think of there being a goal out there. Mm -hmm. We naturally kind of discount how far we've come 
to get where we are. Even if you're even if you're starting out like broken and out of shape or, you know, hating yourself, you've still come pretty far from being an infant to that point and had experiences that might turn out to be assets later on. Mm -hmm. But we always see ourselves as the central character of a story that's just at the beginning. It's really fascinating. So having these goals gives us this feeling of direction that this narrative arc is going somewhere. And that yes, where I am at right now, there is a challenge because I'm just at the beginning of what's going to happen and what the, what the things I have to do to overcome these, these challenges that I'm facing. So that's psychologically like a lot of where this comes from. And that's why you get people that have no business trying to think about running a marathon saying, I'm gonna run a marathon next year. You know, and sometimes that can be the goal that spurs them to take great action and really turn their lives around and they can do it healthily. Some people, they end up forcing themselves to do things that aren't healthy for them and driving themselves into the ground uh, if they don't get advice and, and guidance on something like that. So, but what it does is it forces you to look at how are you going to overcome challenges. And then when you start, you start taking steps and start going through this and you if you are healthy about it, if you do get guidance and advice, then usually those guides will help you look back at how far you have come and you can see it in a greater context. As well, going a little bit deeper into that, when you're focusing on skill, there's nothing else that you're thinking about when you're focusing on that skill. You are, it's teaching you to be in that moment because you have to be. And so that's another good thing. And people, I'm not saying that we're meditating while we're doing it, but in a sense, we're actually slowing down and being within the moment, hopefully that's going to carry over into some other things that we're doing in our life. Now, again, we're not using GMB as a way as a life coach or anything like that. I'm not saying that, but simply spending time working towards this skill acquisition and being in your body, having that awareness is going to help you to start seeing some other things. Now, each person is different. Will they use that outside of it? I don't know, but that's them. But all we're trying to do is say, listen, this is where you are. Let's, we'll first figure out where you are. And then as you work towards these skills, let's look at our workouts instead of workouts as sessions, learning sessions. Mm -hmm. And if you look at it that way and you can learn something in each session, you always have a good session. Right. If you focus on the skill, you end up fixated on results. And that can be really difficult to measure up against that. Ryan has been doing handstands for over 30 years. Yeah. And he's pretty okay at them. I'm okay. So if somebody sees that and says, I want to learn to be able to do hand balancing as well as Ryan, they're going to have a hard time catching right. up. I'm not saying it's impossible because there are people younger than Ryan that are better at hand Absolutely. balancing than him. Absolutely. But it's a, it's a high bar to measure up to. So that's why in our courses, for example, our intro course elements, we teach movements that are actually not hard. By definition, they're not hard. So people look at that sometimes and say, oh, well, I can do those. I can already do them. So this isn't really practice. But that's actually the whole point mm -hmm. is that it's the practice. It's not necessarily getting the skill, but at, even at the beginning of the journey or wherever you are at the journey, just practicing, like Ryan said, that makes you focus on where you are in the moment. And instead of trying to get the bear crawl, anyone can do a bear crawl unless they have a physical ailment that's holding them back. But how can you be inside that bear crawl at that moment be and do yeah. better. Be really? the bear, yeah. right? Yeah. And feel it and do it better and make it a little better and practice it. And it's just, it's the same as any other kind of physical training too. You really have to make that 
that rep the best it can be, right? But that's what we're doing with skill two. It's not so much the goal of the skill, but the goal is the practice itself, Mm -hmm. the being on the journey. Mm -hmm. That's right. Being on the hero's journey instead of just always thinking you're starting it anew. And skill acquisition means a lot of repetitions over time. But the thing is, you know, people might say, oh, okay, so as many reps as possible. No, as beautiful as possible. So I like to say, do one repetition as beautifully as you can, then do another. And if you can just focus it on that, you're going to get in your skill work. And here's the thing. You will eventually get there. So a lot of people are like, oh, I could never do a handstand. Well, yeah, you'll never do it if you don't start, of course. But the thing is, is if you just keep at it, you will eventually get there. The problem is when we put a time frame on it and say, I want to get the handstand in a month. I want to get this in X amount of time. All right. Yeah, maybe you could. But rather than that, let's just let it happen. And that's tough because the ego gets in the way. And, you know, we're all trying to move beyond that, you know, in a perfect world, whatever. But it's still there. But the thing is, we're also making it the fun portion of it so that people actually want to do it. Because you find people who get so focused on that sparkly, shiny thing, and when they realize that they're still kind of far away from it, they don't want to continue. Yeah. And that's sad. That's a really important thing, too. And like you mentioned with time frames as well, we'll get people that look at one of our videos or one of the things that we post online, and they'll say, well, I'm 60. I could never do that. Yeah. Well, maybe where you are now, you might not be able to right. get to as, as strong as Ryan is. If you're starting at 60 and you're not very in very good shape, you're probably going to have a hard time getting as strong as Ryan is now. But if you just practice, mm. you will get better than you are now, even at 60. Some people say, I'm very tall. I'll never be able to do these gymnastic ring exercises. You may not be able to get an Iron Cross or a Maltese or something. That's completely okay. Doesn't mean you shouldn't try. If you're very tall and you do exercise, you will make yourself stronger. Right. Right? So it's, again, it's not getting to the goal. It's just doing the thing and recognizing that any of those actions you take are, are improving you. Oh, I'm just so excited about this whole conversation. I just want to keep talking. Okay, I'm going to ask you one last question. We're pretty smart and <laughs> we're, we're eloquent and good looking too. And, and so, so good it's looking yeah. and not boring. That's what it's it is. Totally it's all facial. facial I feel like I'm, I need to grow a beard or something to be part of this crew. If people want to find out more about GMB. How do they do that? You've already mentioned get on the Googles. It's tough. We make it really difficult. GMB.io. A lot of people think that's international organization. You can remember it that way. It's not, but just (laughs) GMB.io. You can also type uh, Nicolas Cage handstand. You can. And our our video is the first one that pops up. So many people, like back when I didn't have the beard, people thought I looked like Nicolas Cage. So we're just like, (laughs) you know what? We're very serious people, so we're going to go ahead and use that, that tag or that yeah. whatever it is inside the code inside the web page. So if you type in Nicholas Cage handstand, that first then thing they'll pops find up. you. And what about on the socials? On the socials, GMB pretty fitness. much you type GMB Fitness into anything on the internet mm-hmm. that matters. Literally anything. And yep, we are there. And That's what it. about you two individuals? How can they find you uh, on the ground? You prefer that they me. don't. No? Okay, all right. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you can, can find us in, through yeah. the GMB. I mean, if yeah. you search for Ryan Hurst, you're going to get the guy who's an actor. Yeah. But if you search for Ryan GMB, 
you'll get the right guy. If you search for me, unfortunately, my name pretty much pulls up most of the stuff that you'll need to see. Okay, and you want to stay kind of incognito. Yeah, I'm really, really worried about people... Stalking you? Stalking me. (laughs) (laughs) You stalk me all you want. I'm cool with that. So, uh, But yeah, GMB Fitness, pop right up. Guys, thank you so much. Thank you. I just had so much fun, and I could talk to you all day, but I won't. Thank you so much. Andy Fawcett, Ryan Hurst from GMB. Thank you. For a range of online strength and conditioning courses, go to the network website and select the courses tab. Members of Australian Fitness Network make huge savings of up to 30% on courses. Go to fitnessnetwork.com.au today to grow your skill set and fitness career. And for face-to-face learning, remember that network members also save on standard rates for Phylex, the fitness industry convention.